Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. Oh man, this one was tough. This is a tough one. Like, this is a tough one. Uh, Raptors lose by a score of 138 to 100 against the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I think one way to put this game is that every single member of the Pelicans was able to put up a personal highlight reel against the Raptors. I mean, I'm talking about they throwing lobs to Cody Zeller. Did you know Cody Zeller was on the uh, New Orleans Pelicans? Uh, they're throwing lobs at him. Jose Alvarado is literally hiding out in the crowd amongst his teammates on the bench and successfully creeping in for steals, not once, but twice in the fourth quarter alone. Jordan Hawkins, the rookie who has had multiple 30-point games, um, but is seldomly used because the Pelicans are that deep. He comes in late in the game. He takes off for one-handed tomahawk. Uh, Dyson Daniels, the you know sounds like the man who invented a vacuum, is, is also getting in there for steals and breaking away for dunks, two-handed dunks, and CJ McCollum with you know step back fadeaway threes, and oh by the way, you know they still got Zion Williamson who was able to take it one on one against uh, the Raptors trying to put centers on him. Yaka Pertle, it's not a strategy that's all that unique. Zion's seen centers, but Zion taking a center off the dribble and finishing through a seven footer is pretty unique but the most unique part from this performance from the the pelicans was the shooting display of brandon ingram who like genuinely could not miss i mean uh 41 points tonight in just 30 minutes didn't have to play the fourth quarter had the entire pelicans crowd on their feet standing up cheering um you know first off just credit to that fan base Uh, it seems like you know they've been really showing out for them i mean that seemed like an awesome atmosphere one that i wanted to go be in for example you don't see those as often in Toronto no more. Uh, but, you know, the whole crowd on their feet because Brandon Ingram's given them the shooting display of his entire career so far. I mean, it's just straight jumpers. Maybe he made one or two layups, but mostly 41 on just straight jumpers. Contested mid-range pull-ups and one pull-ups on the baseline fading way, you know, mid-range, like just at the free throw line. Uh, then he moved on to pull up threes at a stretch there. He made five threes in about a span of two minutes to end the third quarter. And I mean, just stunting on the Raptors in every way imaginable JV with eight offensive rebounds, because on one play, he literally jumped and tipped it like six times to himself. Uh, so don't mind the fact that he was four or 14 or that he got eight offensive rebounds. The Raptors have no answer for him just tipping the ball in around the basket. I mean, the only times the Raptors really stopped JV was, uh, by getting away with fouls against them. And by the way, I think this might've set a world record for the fastest fourth quarter as well, because there wasn't even one timeout, man. <laughs> it was just straight through, you know what? Our third stringers versus your third stringers. And let's just let it rip. Beyblade style like it's just yeah I mean (laughs) there's no need to stop that game and uh to be to be completely fair to the product there was no need to track and follow that game because the result from basically the very start of the game when the Raptors had to take the first time out down 10 to 2 after about two minutes uh that told you all that you needed to see for the night I mean were there moments where the Raptors settled in and, and and played better sure I mean when you know you are trailing by 20 your opponent might get a little comfortable and say well we're up by 20 uh, against a team that clearly has no ability to punch back whatsoever like this will be like you know (laughs) 
I don't know, man. This 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 was such a was such a nasty effort um, all around. And and, and you know, it, it's not even just like a, it, it's not just like putting this on the Raptors. I, I think the Pelicans played incredible. They deserve it. It was a party in that building, and you know, again, they they absolutely deserved it. They had a lot of players. They got a lot of promise. They're seven games or they're eight games over five hundred now after this win. Raptors are seventeen and thirty three, the exact opposite direction. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you were going to look at the positives, the only positive really for the Raptors is that Grady Dick got his first career uh, twenty point game. He had twenty two points in thirty minutes off the bench, and not all of it was in garbage time. In fact, actually, very little of it was in garbage time because the MVP of garbage time, and I will get to him specifically. He's going to get his own five minutes of the garbage time portion of this podcast, which will be Jalen McDaniels. Uh, but Grady actually got the majority of his points uh, in the first half where, you know, he was able to just, again, the Raptors were down 20. Like, this is a big caveat. Like, everything I say, basically, is just, you know, but the Raptors, you know, comma, but the Raptors were down 20. So, you know, just put that caveat on everything. But Grady was able to get his offense in a way that you don't see, you know, happen uh, with the team so far. And so happy for him he came into the game and immediately like I'm talking within two seconds of checking into the game came around a screen and instantly fired away for a three he missed it and it was funny because Alvin actually said on the you know the the, the sports night broadcast he was like well you know you gotta like come on man like you gotta feel it out a little bit you know let the game come to you and then the game came to him um the Raptors had two plays where they got Grady into the corner uh, on baseline out-of-bounds plays where first one Grady was able to curl into the corner the pass went to him in the corner instantly rose and shot it with a nice screen from his teammates and up uh, on the next possession they had him uh you know inbound off the baseline to the other corner this time um his teammates weren't successfully able to screen uh you know the pelicans defender was able to get back onto grady but grady was able to up fake get himself closer uh one or two steps closer and then throw up a runner along the baseline to find himself that space and that's the thing i liked i mean of course the fact that he knocked down threes was great he was four of eight from three you know uh that was good to see but I think more than anything else, it was his aggressiveness and his willingness to shoot and sort of carrying that threat that actually opened up the other elements of his game. Because once Grady comes off of those curls, he's also, you know, and we saw that tonight where he did it three or four times, where he was able to show the ball or like maybe pump fake a little bit, draw the big a little bit closer. Because typically he's coming off of a screen and his man might be playing behind him. And so his concern there is where is the help going to be? Well, sometimes he's so aggressive as a shooter that he lifts the help defender a little bit higher. And then that's where he's able to use his burst or his length or whatever you want to say and, and get to the basket. And he actually did that well tonight. So congrats to Grady that again, that's, you know, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It didn't change the impact of the game and it's going to be a forgettable game. All things considered from the Raptors perspective, but happy for Grady individually. And again, if you want to see wins and lessons, like, I mean, first off, there are no lessons from this game. I mean, I'm sorry. The lesson is, if you lose in a heartbreaking way in double overtime the night before, the second night of a back-to-back, you're liable to get blown out. And by the way, the Raptors just seem to have very little answers for the Pelicans in general, because last year, the Raptors went to New Orleans. This was earlier in the year in November, and they got destroyed to the point where they were down 40, um, just like tonight, and Fred got ejected at the start of the third quarter there. Um, and it was a situation. I think the referee maybe had forgotten that he already given Fred a tech. But whatever, it didn't even change anything. Um, and by the way, the following night, the Raptors then went to uh, 
Brooklyn and also got washed in that game as well, which was really tough. But um, in any case, yeah, uh, they might just have a hard time guarding the Pelicans. And honestly, why not? Like when you looked across the board, especially with the, the way the Raptors started again, down 10 2 immediately, it was like they need to have six or seven guys on the court uh, to be able to successfully guard the Pelicans because they wanted to show double team on Zion. They wanted the help on McCollum's drives, Brandon Ingram. They got to help on him. Valanchunas, they probably got to help on him. Like there are very few players. Raptors could guard straight up against the Pelicans. And so, you know, the Pelicans have been playing better and, and, and they do have offensive talent. Sometimes I feel like less than the sum of their parts kind of thing, but um, still like, it's not like this is like, you know, the, the best offense in the league and the Raptors just making them look absolutely impossible to play against. And that's all, that's only on the defensive end because whatever defensively, the Raptors couldn't handle them. Offensively, the Raptors were stuck, you know, like they had like 80 points uh, for a long stretch there, you know, heading into garbage time. Meanwhile, the Pelicans already had easily cracked a hundred um, Raptors couldn't really score on the Pelicans either. And that slow start, you know, really put them in that bind. And it, I, honestly, it took Grady going off for like 12, 13 points in the first half to even make it somewhat respectable. The Raptors tied the second quarter, 31-31. That's where we're at right now. We're tracking individual quarters. Uh, maybe we got to take the three-game winning streak for the pizzas to like a three-quarter winning streak. Maybe I'll take that. Um, but yeah, seriously, like, uh, you know, offensively, it was a real struggle. Like, you know, Gary... Unfortunately, had to leave this game with what was ruled as lower back stiffness. He did not come out for the second half. Thad Young had to play in his uh, spot in the starting group. Emmanuel quickly, even though he was very aggressive with his offense, once again was inefficient with it. Three of ten from the field. Only one uh, free throw attempt, and it was an and one make. But could largely not get into the paint. And, you know, you know again, it's just kind of the same issue for him. Um, he gets bumped off his spots quite a bit. And he's struggling to touch the paint in a meaningful way. I mean, he had a nice two-man game with Jakob Pertl, and Jakob played really well. Despite the loss, He, I thought he played, you know, his position well. And he was able to feed Jakob for a lot of those assists. But in general, you know, it quickly only gives you eight points. The Raptors have no chance to win. And then on the other end, Scotty Barnes, you know, it, you know, he knocked down two threes. Uh there was a lot of yelling in the paint uh, between him and JV. It was mad physical, and and, and I sympathize with Scotty. Like the fact that he has to switch between guarding like Ingram or Zion or JV. Like man, it, it's it's not just like you're getting beat in, in a variety of ways, right? Ingram is like it demoralizing you with like, oh, you want to contest? Well, it doesn't matter if you contest. I'm just going to shoot over top of you and make it every single time. Zion is just like you know bubbling up, grinding up on you, and then all of a sudden he spins to his left hand and he's all of a sudden like right at the rim no matter what. That's hard to handle. Plus he's, you know, much bigger. And then JV is just like pure like wrestling under the basket. So could see another exhausting night. Uh, but, you know, Scotty, you know, got himself a couple of foul calls, um, you know, took a mid-range jumper at one point, which was nice. Had a help block, which was nice. But, like, no, at no time did you see, like, consistent, like, offensive generation from Scotty in a way that could even remotely match what the Pelicans are going to throw out there. So, Gary's out. Quickly ineffective. Scotty's doing his thing. Uh, or, do, you know, not taking over. And then Bruce Brown is just taking, you know, random things um, that he likes to do sometimes, you know. Uh you know, jumping on pump fakes or calling for the ball for the kickout, get the pickout comes to him and he still drops the pass. Uh, you know, you know, taking pull up threes, stuff like that, where he goes, he's going one on one 
there's a play to start the second quarter. And I just don't understand what Bruce is doing sometimes in terms of just the strategy or the plan, but he had it one-on-one against Zion and tried to take him off the dribble and ended up having to take like a contested running, sweeping, fading hook. I was like, yo, come on. That like, no, that's just, that's just not a good shot. I, I, I don't care. I sound like Paul George after Dame hit the 37 foot, uh, game winner in that playoff series, but no, that's a bad shot. That's, that's just a bad shot. And then of course, when you, when you talk about offense off the bench, like, Schroeder also had a really tough night for the vet. I mean, his worst game of the season, really. Zero points, 18 minutes, 0-4 shooting from the field. Had a key turnover as well coming out of timeout, which is mad annoying. But, like, who else was even going to play for you off the bench? I mean, they just Otto's just along for every ride, but he never comes into the game. Like, I mean, you're talking about a 30-point, 40-point blow in the fourth quarter. He's not checking in. Uh, Grady's already doing everything he can for you. Um, like, you know, are you really expecting Thad to do that much offensively for you? Uh, and the other guys didn't even come in until later on. Like, Nora, I thought was interesting. A lot of other guys got in the game before Nora did. And then when we finally did see Nora play for extended stretches in the fourth quarter, uh, Darko actually took him out at certain moments, too, to put Bruce Brown in. And I was like, what is, what's the point of running Bruce Brown in a 30, 40 point blowout? to run with these guys like I suppose one theory you could say is well you have no backup point guard on the floor I guess if Dennis is off and also quickly is off someone's going to run point you know other than Garrett Temple um but like I don't know I'd rather just see Nora get some chances to play and, and he was in the game he was aggressive looked for his offense hard again take these stats at face value because they came in garbage time but you know he, he came in and, and, and you know made an impact uh, hit a catch a shoot three went to the basket a couple times um Try to really flush it. Unfortunately, was able to. He missed it again. But uh, you know, he seems to be willing to get up there. Uh, and then Chris Boucher, who you know, I mean, all the reports are. I mean, you know, Blake has t- said it on the show a few times that you know the Raptors are looking to move Chris Boucher, and and it seems like he's also another longtime Raptor at the, who's going to be out the door uh, at this trade deadline. But you know, you can also read the tea leaves. Like a couple of these other games, he's not even getting into the game. Finally, in garbage time, they got Chris into the game. And, you know, for what it's worth, Chris played really well. Um, you know, if this is one of his last games as a Raptor, uh, this is how I want to remember him. I mean, not as in garbage time, but came in, rebounded the ball, pushed the ball a couple times, you know, was you know, able to knock down a couple of jumpers, uh, had a little, nice little ball fake, uh, and then, you know, took an open three to create himself that space for a three, took a mid-range jumper at the end there, finished a couple of plays, you know, just blocked a shot, like, the Chris Boucher experience, like this was actually one of the better ones. Uh, and, you know, it's probably an effort that they could have used earlier in the game, probably in a game like this where, you know, again, you're going up against a team with a ton of size and you're already shorthanded, um, probably could use Chris's help defense. But again, I mean, if the bigger picture is they're trying to trade him, then I suppose I understand not even using him at any given moment. But it just seems like he was the odd man out even to start the season. Remember when the home opener came around and, uh, McDaniel's was you know in uh, the rotation ahead of Chris and Darko said at the time you know everyone's gonna get their chances whatever but like you're telling me from day one McDaniel's you know showed him enough to 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 win the spot over Chris who has been in here for a long time you know has he been the perfect player no but at the same time has anyone really questioned how hard he wants to play and even though you know he can sometimes do too much it's 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 a uh, I don't know it's it's you can almost forgive sometimes when it's like a guy's trying to is making mistakes from over eagerness rather than a player who comes in. And this is where the McDaniel's portion of the podcast needs to come in here because 
you know, even though it was the fourth quarter and it was a garbage time and, and you know, you, you write very little down in terms of notes for garbage time. Um, but there's a whole entire Jalen McDaniel section here. And um, you start with the fact that to start the fourth quarter, he comes out with back-to-back turnovers. First off, one of them was just like a simple point-to-wing pass, like just the most basic elementary pass, honestly, in basketball, in the entire sport. Um, he gets that picked off. The guys go the other way and dunk the ball, right? Then he is inbounding the ball, uh, or then he is has the ball, tries to take it all by himself all the way into the crowd and gets stripped. Like, I get that it's garbage time. I get that it's 40 points. I get that it's inconsequential, but like, there has to be a standard. There has to be a plan, um, even in garbage time. You know, there has to be like a, a minimum standard. And for him to just come with back-to-back turnovers, both times where the Pelicans scored, it's just like, what are we doing? Are we intentionally trying to set the worst margin of loss in franchise history? Which, by the way, the Raptors avoided tonight. I think the, the franchise record is losing by 46. Tonight, they only lost by 38. Um, then you had a, an opportunity where the Raptors were on a 3-1 fast break. The Pelicans turned it over. Grady threw it ahead, uh, got it back and right in the middle, and then threw it to the wing to, to Jalen. It's a three-on-one fast break, and you are not a good three-point shooter. Why are you taking a pull-up three on a three-on-one fast break? Like, just pass it back, pass it one more time to the dunker, and then you have a layup. Like, you should not be settling for that pull-up three, right? Then you have another play where an in- a lazy inbound, uh, again, gets stolen, and the ball comes back, and then, like, he almost gets dunked all over by Najee Marshall, who, unfortunately for him you know, went too hard and actually dunked the, the ball. Like, I don't know. It just didn't go in. Uh, but like he straight up would have gotten postered if he just didn't commit a third foul in a super lazy way. Then another sequence where Trey Murphy, uh, the third was, was cutting into the basket and, uh, and McDaniels was right on the basket. This guy literally stepped out of the way so that he wasn't in the poster for Trey uh, Murphy, the third. And again, I, I know it's like a 40 point blow up, but where is the focus? Where's anything? You know what I mean? Then you have him giving up a driving lane. Uh, his teammates have to, you know, are forced to commit the foul. Then you have him driving through the basket. He literally has, a, you know, a, a prime opportunity where he missed, but both defenders kind of like went away from the play and he got a wide open, easy look at a putback. And that even like a point blank putback layup rolled off the rim like it was men's league. Um, then you got him in the open corner. Wide open for corner, for a corner three, missed that three as well. And then finally, the, the, just the final piece among this was McDaniels once again not noticing that, oh, you know what, there's only four Pelicans on the floor. And you know what, that I've already seen uh, Jose Alvarado like sneak in the corner and then run onto the court for his signature steal. Like, you know, that that's literally his, his go-to move. That's like Pascal spitting. Is Jose Alvarado hiding in a crowd and then come, coming from behind and stealing the ball? Let me not just account for that. Let me just actually just throw one, once again, another lazy pass to Garrett Temple, who I don't blame Garrett for this because Garrett has his back to the play, and it's on the inbounder to actually know what's going on there. And that gets stolen from Jose Alvarado again. And all you hear is the Pelicans bench laughing deliriously. All you see is the crowd in New Orleans enjoying this, and like you're just being trolled. They're throwing lobs to Cody Zeller in 2024. And you are responding with this. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even though it was a blowout, that was so far below the standard 
of what it is to play and put on the Raptors uniform, like I don't want to ever see it again. Like I genuinely don't want to ever see it again. And, and you know, like you saw Grady take some time off in the fourth quarter just to get a breather or whatever, like get a breather, get, get as many minutes and points as you can get out of the situation. Let me see that. He's, he's, he's 20 years old. I think he's going to be able to run around and, 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 you know, in, in what was essentially a glorified pickup run in the, for the final 12 minutes, um, you see Jordan Noir, you know, taken out at certain points in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, McDaniels just gets to play the whole 12 and make that many mistakes. Like it's baffling. And again, that's the man who was promoted ahead of Chris in this season where to start the year, McDaniels is playing ahead of him, even though he had shown nothing outside of one game against the Celtics, literally one where, you know, he has been a positive impact. The other ones are just complete zeros to like giant negatives like this one. And then finally, you see him coming in the game at the same time as Chris Boucher. Meanwhile, Chris's name is in the trade rumors. I get, you know, potentially like wanting to move on. I get maybe moving some salaries around, whatever. Um, but like, it's got to be a slap in the face, man. Like, imagine you had like a coworker like that who you know you are, you have the same job. Maybe you're even competing for the same job. You're doing way more. You've also put in more time with the company. And all of a sudden, they're just promoting this guy and then he's doing nothing. Actually, I think a lot of people can imagine that. But regardless, that's what happened in this case. Really terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, if you want the positive, I thought Jakob once again played well. Um, similar to the Pelicans game, you know, he was able to cut and, and just get around. I mean, he actually had the Raptors' first six points, which was kind of jokes. But, you know, like, it's difficult. Again, the Pelicans have a lot of size, and, you know, size does really matter. Like, you look at, like, what, you know, just – the success of Jakob, he was the only guy who shot efficiently in this game um, outside of garbage time. It was because, like, you know, he was the guy making cuts and guys were finding him. I mean, last game he was 8 for 9. Today he's 7 of 8. Unfortunately, he went 0 for 2 at the foul line. Of course, that's one of the weaknesses of this game. But he rebounded well. I thought he actually, largely speaking, outplayed Valanchunas in their head-to-head matchup. Did that actually matter? No, not at all. But also at the same time, like, when you look across the board, like, in terms of who actually won their matchup in the starting five, I thought Jakob out, you know, outplayed Jonas in the starting five. Other than that, McCollum easily outplayed quickly. Um, you know, Herb Jones outplayed Gary Trent. Zion definitely outplayed Bruce Brown, and Brandon Ingram definitely outplayed Scotty Barnes. So, if if for nothing else, and maybe it's just me trying to like find anything remotely positive about a game where the Raptors were down forty to a team again throwing lobs to Cody Zeller. Um, I don't think he's caught a lob since Zeller was, Zeller's was around. But, like, seriously, I, I I will give credit to anybody who played reasonably well in this one. And that was Jakob, that was Grady, that was Chris. So I suppose in terms of your three stars for tonight's performance, let's give the first star to Grady because this is his first career 20-point game. He finished with 22, four rebounds, two assists, made four threes, uh, had a steal as well. Uh, the steal, by the way, was like a, a – a, backdoor play where they wanted to throw a lob the Pelicans and Grady read that and even though he was initially beat he recovered well and recovered straight to the basket and was able to pick off the pass so just a good sense of awareness on that one um but yeah Grady gets his first career 20 point game hopefully there are more to come um again the context of this is difficult but still I mean uh yeah he, he did well uh your second star from today's game is gonna be Jakob Pertl 14 points nine rebounds and assists a steal two blocks seven and eight from the field um yeah I don't know 
if it wasn't for the Raptors, if it wasn't for Yaka Proto, the Raptors might have lost by 50 tonight. I'm not even kidding. Maybe even 60. Like, it was that tough of a performance. Uh, and then, yeah, your third star is going to go to Chris Boucher. Uh, 11 points, 6 rebounds, a block. Actually looked competent in, in garbage time. I mean, if that's his last moments as a Raptor or last game, because the deadline, again, is coming Thursday. The Raptors will play again on Wednesday in Charlotte. For what reason, uh, we will soon to see. But in any case... If that is if this is last Chris's last performance with the Raptors, like just appreciated you um, for even just coming in and playing hard for the fourth quarter. Again, anybody who puts on the uniform, anyone who puts that you know Raptors badge on, um, like it should just mean something. Like it should be taken as a privilege and treated seriously at any given moment, even when you're down forty. And for Chris to come in and do that, I respect that. So thank you. Uh, and then, yeah, your Gerald Henderson Award winner for which random player burned the Raptors. I mean, I, I don't know. You can go wherever you want, honestly, on this one. Like, uh, honestly, I'll, go, I'll give it to Jose Alvarado, though. Al- Alvarado, 11 points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals. Those Two of those steals are definitely going to be Bleacher Report highlights, and people are going to look at it and say, wow, you know, first off, very clever, right, to hide in the crowd and, and, and then just burst out and, and steal the ball. It's almost like a troll move, except he actually is playing super hard. Um, but I like him, man. He, he plays super hard. Him and, you know, Fred have that like undrafted guard, uh, brotherhood. I mean, that's what Marquise Noel was telling us. Cause Marquise is also kind of in that same group chat for them. Just getting those, you know, that advice about how to succeed as a, I guess, undrafted, um, tiny point guard. But yeah, I mean, you, you need to have something like this is what I was saying was like quickly when the other game was just like, you got something defensive when you're undersized and like Alvarado has, Many things, not just one thing. He has many little tricks when he's small. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, again, I, I thought he played super hard, and he was a big reason in the Pelicans blowing this game up. And, yeah, he enjoyed himself, and rightfully so, in uh, the garbage time. I mean, you know, he deserved it. So uh, he is your Gerald Henderson Award winner. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hard to say there are other, more winners than that. I mean, it, honestly, do yourself a favor and go watch Brandon Ingram's shooting performance from this one. Just go watch the highlight reel absurd shot making and like when when we talk about like scoring talent like points are not just points you know what i mean like how you're able to do it in terms of the skill level it takes to sh- shoot it from such a high release point over you know pretty strong contests from like scotty or Jakob. It, it's absurd uh, it was it was such a treat to watch that level of scoring um again the raptors <laughs> not not to make this negative but i, I do feel like the raptors really really lack anything close to that level of scoring like skill wise um in terms of shooting touch in terms of shooting range in terms of the ability to get to the shots the ability to be undeniable on those shots and yeah i mean it's again it's hard to feel like you're close to you know being a winning franchise or being uh you know even beyond that like a playoff team uh you know a a contender or anything like that without having that level of scoring and the pelicans aren't even a contending or team uh, at least not yet. Um, and they even have that level of scoring on multiple levels. You know, like CJ McCollum would have been the best scorer on the Raptors tonight. Zion definitely would have been the Raptors' best scorer tonight. Ingram, like, without doubt, he, I feel like he outscored the Raptors starting five. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. Someone has to magically develop into that, or the front office needs to find some way to bring in that level of talent because, you know, it, it was funny because at one point Ingram was going off for those pull-up threes and the Raptors were responding with like Scotty yelling in the paint. 
and Jakob throwing up like push floaters from 15 feet. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> you, you, you brought the butter knife to, to the gunfight kind of thing. So uh, anyway, congrats to the Pelicans. Unfortunately, the Raptors lose. Uh, and fortunately for everybody, the podcast is wrapped now. So you've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. It's time to get fired up. I'll be fired up on tonight's or tomorrow's show. Uh, so tune in to more Raptors analysis tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you.